That's shocking. We'll do it live. Yeah, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Oh, that is cool. This is where the fun begins. This is the Brian Suits Show. Not to fret, don't worry. Kamala's on it. AM 770, KTTH. Uh, the assassination, the long-anticipated assassination in prison of Alexander Navalny, uh, marked by Kamala Harris, who is still speaking of the Munich Security Conference. This is the, because the president was um, uh, radio silence, and apparently the message was sent to Kamala to acknowledge uh, this just about half an hour ago. Before I begin today, we've all just received reports that Alexei Navalny has died in Russia. This is, of course, terrible news, which we are working to confirm. My prayers are with his family, including his wife, Yulia, who is with us today. And if confirmed, this would be a further sign of Putin's brutality. Whatever story they tell, let us be clear, Russia is responsible, and we will have more to say on this later. Uh, well, as if uh, Sergei Prigozhin falling 25,000 feet to his death from his private jet was not somehow an indication of Putin's brutality, well, now you have this. And, uh, and there is a, a reason for the timing on this, uh, by the way. And I, I did a Navalny uh, early this morning uh, break, so that'll be an early early tenth break. I, I re-recorded uh, that when that new, when the news broke uh, this morning that uh, <clears throat> that uh, Navalny is dead, and it, it's prophetic because well, what's really interesting is that no one had to tell him, and this is before the Novichok poisoning. More more on that actually in the 10th break that is a podcast that you can uh, download from KTTH. Then himself, uh, before he got poisoned, which was supposed to kill him, or or was it, um, he he did tell uh, 60 Minutes, well, or I guess this is, this is after the poisoning, but before he went back to Russia, uh, this is two years ago. I think for Putin, uh, why he's using this chemical weapon to do, do both, kill me and, you know, terrify others. It's something really scary with the people just drop dead without, there are no guns, there are no shots, and in a couple of hours you will be dead and without any traces on your body, it's something terrifying and Putin is enjoying it. You have said you think that Mr. Putin's responsible. I don't think I'm sure that he's responsible. And uh, and that that's sort of what, what what I get into here. I'll give you the the quick version. Uh, the Soviet Union um, signed the chemical weapons treaty uh, ban treaty with us, and it listed the chemical weapons that we knew of, that they knew of, and that we would destroy them. We destroyed them. They destroyed theirs. Um, they just invented a new kind of neurotoxin that wasn't listed because we, since we didn't know it existed, it didn't violate the treaty, right? And that's a very Russian way of doing things. And so that's why anyone can be shot, but you don't know. It might be a street thug, but only a enemy of Putin can get Novichucked. And that was part of the reason he let Navalny, when he was poisoned, go to Germany so that the West would know that that was a, uh, Putin poisoning the guy um, because what's the point of having a unique assassination tool if the if people don't know who assassinated the guy 
And that this is this really is the three level chess that America can't play. Um, but I mean, the, the first big public use of it was the poisoning of these Skripals, uh, Sergey and his daughter Yulia Skripal. In uh, 2016, in 2018, uh, in uh, in England, because that that was Putin telling his own FSB guys, uh, "Hey, I I settle all bills. Okay, you don't get to be a you don't get to betray this uh, Russia like Sergei Skripal did as a military officer, and then we just trade you for an English spy that we took." We, and then you get to live your life in Salisbury, England, like, oh, sure, nothing happened. I mean, that's why he did that, So, and which broke the rules. Because when someone, when you do that, those prisoner exchanges, if they were ever spies, they are now civilians. They don't, they don't, that's the unspoken rule is they don't get back involved anymore, right? And it's hands off. And so, like, Brittany Griner is not going to, there's no, there's no, price over her head or whatever, and Victor Boot is not going to be uh, mysteriously shot out of the sky. Though, if if I wanted to send Putin the message that I get what the rules are, I would shoot him out of the sky <clears throat> and say, oh, no, no, what, what, what happened there? But uh, anyway, that is uh, too deep in the weeds for us uh, here. Uh, and, the, and it's funny because... Uh, uh, well, it's not funny. It's predictable that uh, yesterday Alexander Navalny was on video, remote appearing for a court appearance, and he was he made the uh, the state prosecutor laugh. Uh, he was in. He looked in good spirits. He was healthy, and they're they're saying at um, at his prison, which is called the Arctic Wolf. Uh, it's far. It's so far east of Moscow. And above the, the Arctic Circle, that it takes hours to fly there. I mean, it's it's like if 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 Key West were the capital of the United States, and you sent someone to prison at Point Barrow, Alaska. That, that's what this is like. Um, and so his uh, attorney's going there to confirm that he is in fact dead. Because right now, we you know there's no confirmation except that the Russians said, "Oh, you know, he died. Uh, he was feeling weak after going for a walk." And granted, it's February, and it was like minus nine Fahrenheit, but you still go for a walk when you're in prison. So that's that's not an indication that this is a complete lie or, or, or whatever. But, I mean, there's there's no doubt that he died because of the timing, that Putin wanted him dead now. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, and, I mean, it's only been two years, you've heard me refer to him as uh, Putin's pet parakeet, keeping him alive until he doesn't need him alive. Well, he d doesn't need him alive. Because here you have a couple of things happening all at once. You have uh, the uh, a new Russian anti-satellite system now being publicly discussed in the United States in the American news cycle yesterday. The Munich Security uh, Conference starting to all the European leaders are in Munich, and the American Vice President um, starting today, um, and Putin's re-election, uh, which I wild stab. I'm going out on a limb here on this one. I think he's going to win. Um, that's in four days. But Navalny in, I want to say, 2017, he got he got 27% of the vote. And there is there is sort of a, you know, like the team that plays the Globetrotters. Putin has a guy uh, who's running against him this time. And they're expecting like he might get 4%, which is way above, you know, what, what the normal reference range uh, is for this. But Navalny was a... 
uh, legit opponent. And so <clears throat> this is this is what happens. And and by the way, the, the other thing is th this is not oh he's really brutal. He has a rule book. He has Stalin's rule book. Um, Stalin was uh, extraordinarily brutal to people that uh, that opposed him. And even if you didn't, uh, he he would you, he was extraordinarily brutal. Um, and that's that's why he died of a cerebral hemorrhage and not not uh, you know choking on a chicken bone or whatever. He wasn't overthrown. Um, he didn't shoot himself in the bunker or any anything like that. Stalin died because he was old and had bad uh, bad doctors. So I mean, I hate to say it, but natural causes for 1953. Putin is going to have good doctors, and at some point he's going to die from some health issue, but it won't be because anyone's going to shoot him or overthrow him. And it won't be because they're so upset about the death of of uh, Navalny. Um, and and by the way, what, what Kamala was talking about there at the beginning about his wife, uh, uh, Yulia, and, and all that, um, they, she lives in America now. Um, and their daughter goes to Stanford. Their their twenty two year old daughter goes to Stanford. Um, I mean, so they're here, and and that, by the way, the 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 unspot and, and the one thing that Putin has done that Stalin did too is that he made up the rules as as he went along. The way it works now is, or the way it works uh, anyway, is that he she's off limits and the daughter's off limits. If anything happens to them, and I really sincerely hope that they're, you know, keeping this in mind, um, it's because of Putin. If 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 a car hits uh, Yulia Navalny Navalna uh, um, today, uh, and it looks like a FedEx accident, it wasn't. Nothing is an accident, even with the twenty-two-year-old daughter, um, because this this is all for him, for Putin, who who, by the way, if you don't know this, he's one of the richest men on on earth. And, and Navalny, part of what put Navalny on his radar 10 years ago in 2013 was Navalny was blogging as a lawyer. He knew how to dive into public records, even in Russia. Um, in Russia, there are certain contracts and land deals that have to be publicly recorded. And he started putting together videos and blogs about uh, the accumulated uh, wealth that uh, Putin had. Of course he had. Because he's an old Soviet, he he skims out the top and um, enriches. Uh, he allows you to get rich as long as you get him rich as well at the same time. So he's going to have uh, world leading doctors flown in to when 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 he's on his deathbed. The best doctors in the world will be flown by private jet to Sochi or Moscow to see him there at the end so uh anyway and what's what's the, the documentary was this called navalny right yeah it's streaming on hbo max right now i highly recommend everybody go check it out it's more relevant than ever it documents the first or the most highly publicized assassination attempt against uh, navalny from just a few years ago where he was poisoned on that plane but it also gets into the cause that he was fighting for and a little bit of his own personal history and his battle against Vladimir Putin. I mean, Brian, I was deeply saddened, angered, and but not shocked when I heard the news this morning. I even got a little teary-eyed in my car when I first heard the news. Navalny is now a martyr for freedom and democracy. He should be hailed as a hero by the free world. 
Putin killed him. Let's not mince words. Putin's an evil killer. Uh, this is another <laughs> one of those uh, it great grocery stores. Moments. Great subway stations and grocery stores. Look, look, there's a disgraced so-called American journalist, Tucker Carlson, who just got finished with a Pravda-style propaganda tour of Russia, providing cover and leg-humping for an evil dictator. The juxtaposition between these two things in the last 48 to 72 hours is quite striking. There's Carlson's coddling and then Navalny's assassination. And what timing. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very sad, uh, very sad day. Shocking, not surprising. And there's Americans, there's these turncoat Americans that work for RT, for Russia Today, and they're here in North America. And all they do is show the drug addicts in the alleys and all thing. They could not have done a better job than what Tucker did gushing about that grocery store. Um, yesterday, oh, what so. about the art in the subways? Oh, well, I mean, that's just the thing. Unbelievable. It um, just makes me furious at Western leaders for how good Russians have it. And uh, so politically here in the United States, um, Republicans have to be really careful to not hand themselves a loss in this and side with the evil guy. Uh, and that's why I like somebody put a ball gag in Tommy Tupperville from Alabama um, who, you know, I mean, it's one thing to respect your enemy, but it's another thing to gush over him. And Tommy Tupperville, who's a former Auburn football coach, he said Putin was on the, is on the top of his game. And, okay, maybe not, maybe he's, he's shrewd and, and fox-like. How about that? You know, I'll take that. But, but gushing over the guy, yeah, no. So there's there's that. Um, so I played that. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, interviewing Navalny, uh, and so so he's poisoned. Medevac to Germany recovers, and that was the message. There was don't come back. If you come back, it you you know you're you're gonna it's, you're gonna be feet first, and. He wanted the only power Navalny had was defying that and coming back. And so he, why do you want to go back? And, and I guess, do you think you'll be safe when you go back? Well, well, I don't uh, think that I uh, can have a, such a privilege being safe in Russia, but uh, I have to go back because I don't want these, uh, you know, groups of killer exist in Russia. I don't want Putin uh, be ruling of Russia. I don't want him being president. I don't want him being czar of Russia because, well, he's killing people. He's the reason why our, the whole country is degradating. He's the reason why people are so poor. We have 25 million people living below the poverty line. And the whole degradation of system, uh, fortunately for me, including system of assassination of people, uh, he's the reason of that. And uh, I want to go back and try to change it. And, and so that's the thing. If you're wondering, well, what's the difference between him and Trotsky? Well, it's because Trotsky was from New York, and he he Stalin wanted him dead, and he thought, well, you know, um, he won't kill me if I move back to North America. So that, that when, when Trotsky was assassinated in Mexico City, it's because Stalin said it's really his time. We got We got to take him, and it has to be public. It has to be brutal, and people here have to know it. Um, because he won't come back here. And so that's why he was killed with a hatchet in his bathroom. And 
that because he 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 was he continued writing, he continued agitating, but from Mexico City, and Stalin basically rang the bell on him, and 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 that's and and so that's why, as I said for the past two years, he is Putin's parakeet because at some point he needs him to die, and it needs and it needs to be a message, just like if if you. If you say, hey, Wagner Group, quick, make a convoy. We're going to head to Moscow and end this crap. <laughs> um, you'd better complete it. And, I mean, the Prigozhin lesson is if you aim for the king, you better hit. And that's why he his plane blew up at 25,000 feet. Um, and also because he, he committed the sin of being slightly more popular than Putin. By the time that happened, he had, he had the popularity that – the Russian army didn't stop him. And so that had to be a message that, look, you know, you, you better come with four divisions or something, not a bunch of mercenaries in, in Toyota, four, you know, quad cabs. And uh, so not, not, a, not a mystery. My, but like I say, politically, Republicans have to come out before the White House today and say, no one ever said he was a good guy. He's a murderer. He's brutal. He's an evil guy. And he wants to put the old band back together. He wants every, if you were part of the old Soviet Union, and that includes three NATO countries, um, because Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania were part of the Soviet Union. They were not occupied Warsaw Pact, uh, East Germany, and Poland. Okay. The, the, the three Baltic states, when he, when, when Putin talks about, about putting the Soviet Union back together again, he's talking about them too. And that's part of the reason that Stalin placed demographic time bombs in the three Baltic states. Um, Estonia is like 40% Russian. He did that for a reason. And he did that to Ukraine, for Eastern Ukraine for a reason, and Kazakhstan and, and the whole thing. So uh, its effect in Russia, I would be surprised if uh, it was even on the news tonight uh, in Russia. It's, in, it's on Telegram already. Um <clears throat> But for the White House, frankly, to not be it's nine it's nine twenty in the morning on the East Coast, and to send a message to Kamala, based on the idea that what do you think American networks are going to be running that um, uh, on on the uh, you know the West Coast where it's five thirty, but uh, but we're cause we're gonna I don't want to be force fed all day long that the masterful. Uh, masterful Joe is here to manage uh, all crisis. And that this this old guy is is your man, um, and the whole thing. And I, you know what? It's Friday. I haven't even done end of the week uh, montage. So here we go. On this vote, the yeas are two fourteen and the nays are two thirteen. I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly. His mental acuity is great. Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. You have said you think that Mr. Putin's responsible. I don't think I'm sure that he's responsible. And right, there we go. And we do have some um, some uh, local news. Did you see that? Uh, Producer Greg, by the way, in the other room. Did you see the, the, the carjacking kids and that chase that ended up down here in South Lake Union on, on the night uh, or early morning Valentine's Day? On uh, Wednesday, did you see the age of the suspects? I'm guessing under 18 yet again. A try under teen. Dear Lord. 12 and 13. A 13 year old and a 12 year old carjacked a Subaru up on 85th, up in Wallingford. 
lead Seattle PD on a very high-speed chase. And if you know 99 through that area, you know that you, when you come down to uh, Green Lake, there's a big curve in 99. They took it at 75 because these guys have done their training on video games, right? They, they don't know how the physics work in the real world. These guys zoom down here. They've already uh, blown a tire on the concrete apron on 99. Um, they bail out of the, and this is Seattle PD uh, body cam and dash cam they released uh, yesterday. They bail out of the Subaru with guns in their hands. And and they foot bail, you know, 12 and 13. They go running, but uh, they only make it two blocks before Seattle PD catches up to them. And then pair, pairs of fur missiles uh, take these kids down. Really lucky that they're not dead. Running away, they they ditched the, the guns, but that's unseen on video. But anyway, 12 and 13. And so at this point, I would want to maybe, and, and pulling a gun on a citizen to carjack their car. So maybe involve the parents might be a, a heads up on that one. Uh, and we'll we'll get back to uh, the the BBC's take on Putin's uh, presidential pick in for America for 2024. Uh, we'll revisit that. Suddenly relevant again today. AM 770 KTTH. Mr. Pfizer. I am 770 KTTH. Brian Suits here. So this is going to, I have to look into this. I, I don't, I don't get this, but it's, that's what I say every day that I crack open the checking of the uh, texting. <clears throat> so 425 says, by the way, 90 year old murder mystery solved in Idaho, um, says a guy in 2114. Um, uh, but uh, no, anyway, uh, Brian, I'm against Putin. This is uh, the rest of us are, but the Republicans cannot pass that aid bill as written. It's got a Trump impeachment trap written right into it, right into the bill. It's got to be changed. I haven't heard that particular talking point. Um, I've, I've just read the drawdown and, uh, and the money part for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine. So have you heard that? I think J.D. Vance is peddling that narrative, but I'm, I'm not sure. Who, by the way, should shut up? <laughs> Thank you. Who should yes. shut up, uh, by the way, and stop? And, and by the way, folks, there's infantry riflemen, Marines, and then there's guys that run around as uh, public affairs guys, and that was J.D. Vance. So there's that. Still a Marine, don't get me wrong. But uh, anyway, there's that. Um, and I'll say I have the audio of this 858 uh, says uh, Jen Savelny was defiant until the end. The translation from his final video from yesterday reads, oh, that's what they're laughing. Judge, I'll send you my account number. You can send me money from your huge salary because I'm running out of money. Uh, wow. What courage. The guy had cojones of steel. I also saw this quote from Navalny that Jay Nordlinger posted on his X feed today. Apparently, uh, Navalny managed to send a handwritten note to a journalist friend in April 2021 out of a Russian prison. And he said, quote, everything will be all right. And even if it isn't, we'll have the consolation of having lived honest lives. 
kind of a profound statement. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you had to know when you got back in that plane that you were going to be pinched in Moscow. And what? And by the way, the reason they they pinched him was because they said that by nearly dying, by being in a coma because he was Novichucked by uh, Putin's goons, he missed a parole meeting. So he was in violation of his parole. I mean, literally, it's what they did. Uh, 253 says, uh, you guys are missing the point about Tucker. He's saying U.S. cities should be better, but they're not. It's embarrassing. You know what? You could have done that in Prague. And what was Pyongyang closed? They have well, nice grocery stores, too, I hear. Uh, yeah. Immaculate. And, and full, just like in uh, the, uh, what, what was the uh, Franco, Seth Rogen movie about Kim Jong-un? It's called The Dictator. The Dictator. <laughs> yeah, when he goes to that grocery store. So anyway, yeah, it's going, going, you know, sucking up, leg humping, uh, you know, a, a, a killing, a, a mini Stalin, to to make your point that that oh, I'm so radicalized. But look at this clean, look at this great uh, grocery store here in Moscow, and also set foot outside of Moscow. And and the first time I went to Moscow, uh, I I had to go see the the, uh, the the mannequin, the Ken doll that they call Lenin. And so you stand in line. The line isn't as as isn't like it was uh, in the 70s and 80s, but. Go in long enough wait that I had to number one, and there's a public bathroom just off of Lennon's tomb, and it's all marble, very impressive, like you know Tucker's uh, subway station, but it has a ledge at the door for a reason. You step over the ledge and you step into urine and vomit, and it was it was festooned. The floor was festooned with men passed out in the vomit pee, and their wives sorting through them. And in fact, there were women that were would do it for you for a certain fee. They would they would roll they did drag your husband out of the the pvom, and it was disgusting. And and um and and by the way, Putin, uh, they're they're back to two thousand when he became president. They were in a demographic nose dive, and things are so bad in Russia now because when your women aren't having babies, like in Iran and in China. It's because they don't see a future. And like every uh, civilization, us, China, whatever, <clears throat> people think children maybe are more expensive early on than they really are, but they don't have babies, okay? So they're not in Iran. They're not in Russia now. And this is a surprise to me. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't know this, but they're, they're back to not having kids. When Putin took over the average lifespan, men didn't live past like 51 and it was because they were so forlorn because it was Russia and they wanted to be like Yeltsin and everyone was drinking and the whole thing. And if you don't know this, beer was a new thing. Beer's, pivo is a new thing in Russia. The the brewery that the state bought, the Baltica uh, brewery, w- was in Estonia where they did make and drink good beer. Not in Russia. Russia was vodka. It was so prevalent. That in in Russia, a, a vodka bottle doesn't have a screw top or a cork. It has foil. When you open up a vodka bottle, you peel foil back because you don't close it. Once it's open, it stays open until it's done. And when I was embedded with these guys, with the Russian airborne guys in Bosnia, they had three PXs. One was a Russian PX, and that sold knives and vodka, which is what I call Friday. And they would build up their money and they'd buy a vodka. And the other one was Serbian that had screw top vodka. Then the other one was uh, a gypsy one and we can buy anything. But the, I mean, it, 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 they're inculcated at a young age. I mean, these are guys in their 20s. 
And they were drinking like dad by the time they were 14. And this was in 1999. And it was just bad. Uh, just a bad scene. Um, and put, that's what Putin took over. And this is a guy, Putin was a patriot. When he was a lieutenant colonel of KGB, he, he, that was the backstage laminate in Russia. Not your Communist Party membership. It was being the KGB. You got better hospitals. You, got, you jumped the line for a car, better apartments, the whole thing. It worked for him. I mean, that's why people are like, oh, well, how could he ever say that it was the worst event of the 20th century was the, uh, the, the dissolving of the Soviet Union? Well, because he, he had the backstage laminate. He had all the salmon at the buffet. Okay, that, that's why. And, and so if you're him, you're like, well, you know, that wouldn't be so bad to get back together and the whole thing. And, and the, the KGB was the, the one part that survived the entire collapse was the KGB. They changed their letterhead. They changed their acronym. They're now the FSB. But the right guy's in charge. Wink, wink. Um, and, and all that. And in so, addition to watching the Navalny documentary on HBO tonight, which everybody should do, uh, everybody should also go to YouTube and type in Putin's Palace, History of World's Largest Bribe. It's a two-hour movie made by Navalny back in January of 2021. Has 130 million views. The whole thing is in a Russian, but there's English subtitles. And one of the like climaxes of the film is when he flies a drone right up to Putin's palace, which is located on the Black Sea. And it's unbelievable, uh, again, just how brazen Navalny was in trying to expose Putin's evil and corruption. Again, Putin's palace, history of world's largest bribe. And, Go check and, it out. and it's what got him killed. This yeah, and like I say, he wasn't really doing a prison sentence. It, it, you know, he was a dead man walking. And that's, that's why I've called him Putin's parakeet. At a time and place of the message being sent, he's a mobster that walks out with his daughter's parakeet and crushes it, if that's ever happened. But here's BBC on this. Hey, BBC. Oh, wait, here we go. So for Russia, Biden or Trump, his response? Biden. Biden. He's more experienced. He's predictable. He's an old-school politician. Although, we'll work with any U.S. leader the American people put their trust in. The Kremlin backing Biden? Now that's odd, when you consider what America's president calls Vladimir Putin. A murderous dictator, a pure thug who is waging an immoral war against the people of Ukraine. While Donald Trump, the likely Republican Party nominee, has praised Putin. Yesterday, reporters asked me if I thought President... And Putin is not in the least moved by what Biden thinks of him, okay? He doesn't take it personal because he's, he's been hearing that all of his life from American presidents because we're free and they're not. We rock and they suck and the whole thing. Yesterday, reporters asked me if I thought President... Likely Republican Party nominee has praised Putin. Anyway, so I made my point on, on, on that one. But uh, yeah, so he's, he's so of course he likes Putin because he's predictable. I mean, of course he likes Biden because he is predictable. He, they, he, they've been seeing Biden's act since the 70s. And he knows him. And that's why he doesn't like Trump because Trump is a disruptor. And no matter what Trump says about he likes strong man or whatever, uh, ultimately, you, you can't say that. I mean, it's, it's like saying, uh, ultimately, the guy's not looking at Russia as a model. And he's not looking at, at, at Putin as a model. 
So um, there's that, and and just like and it's that's a weird contradiction about about Trump, and it's a weird contradiction about me. Um, I I think that Mohammed bin Salman, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, um, really not much. He has the power to kill someone that insults him, so he kills him and has him cut apart with bone saws. Okay, do you throw out the entire alliance because of that? And not not in the world of real politics. But if you can, if you can bamboozle Putin instead of being entirely predictable, because Biden is surrounded by people that are compromised, and they know they're compromised, and they know that they only go to sleep as free people in D.C. in in uh, on his staff at the White House until Putin decides to uh, expose them or the FBI catches them. Back in the second AM, seven seventy KTTH. How much of that did people catch? Sorry about that. Your mic is hot now. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot route. Hot route. I don't even know what hot route is. Hot route. Um, Omaha. Brian Suits here. Amazon 70 Friday at your uh, 6.45. Uh, no other to speak of. Um, the speed limit uh, from Burien North, I, I did 80. Everyone was doing 80. Pretty good day. Pretty pretty good. Uh, I had frost on my windshield this morning for the first time in a few weeks. It was, <clears throat> got to tell you, uh, Pierce County had the gravel trucks out. When I crossed the, the Pierce Curtain, ice on the roads. It was like 30. Um, and there's, a, there's one curve in America's simplest town, Little Roy. And you got to, it, it says 10 miles an hour for the curve for a reason. And there are all these people spun out. And not me though, because I knew I knew it was coming, and uh, I, I obey speed limits. I I for one obey speed limits. I was kidding. That was I was mocking some idiot who would speed when I said that the speed limit was eighty. It's no longer eighty now. Um. So anyway, there's a thing I heard years ago, and I said that's not really a thing, and it turns out to really be a thing. It's it was a memory by a Frenchman named Jacques Rossi from the early part of the last century. And the, the history of useful idiots goes way back to uh, the Russian Revolution. And this chap, Jacques Rossi, uh, became a communist uh, in France, born to a wealthy French family in Lyon in 1909. He uh, joined the communist party when he was 16, uh, became an agent for them when he was 20, uh, blah, blah, blah. Spanish Civil War, 1937 uh, happens. <clears throat> Um, and he decides, well, because uh, he works as a communist um, in and uh, the losing side in Spain. Uh, and during the uh, the time of the Civil War, uh, he got a message from Moscow asking him to come back to Moscow. His wife, another agent he had met just a few days before, warned him against returning as they knew that many communists were being arrested in there. And and this, by the way, I'm giving you this knowledge because this this is settled science for for Putin. So uh, anyway, 
His wife and his wife, another agent. This is like the Americans. They were they were a fake couple. She said, "Don't go back. They're killing agents that are not Russian." Um, and so as they were, uh, uh, he he felt duty bound to to obey because they were orders. He believed that if his leaders required him to go to Moscow, there must be a really good reason, and that it would be for the good of the cause. On his arrival in Moscow, he was arrested, tortured, and condemned as a fascist. Because this is the lead up to World War II. You fascist. Uh, he said they punched me with their fists and kicked me uh, with their boots before I fainted again. I had a quick glimpse of the badge of Communist Youth League in one of the men's coats. Um, and so uh, he was sentenced to the prison system, the acronym which is GULAG. Okay, And he was in Siberia like Navalny was. He was to spend the next 19 years like Navalny's sentence. Uh, life in the prison camps was tough. Day after day, prisoners received inadequate food rations. They were often abused by camp guards. D disease was rife, and many people died from exhaustion. <clears throat> Here, story, early morning story time with Brian. In the camp, he met many people and has since tried hard to capture the memories of uh, some of them in his writing. One man he met was close to Lenin in the early days. The man described how, while working as an executioner, he would escort the condemned men and tie his hands behind his back with wire. Then he would order the men to walk a few paces ahead down the stairs. He would bring the revolver up to the back of the man's neck without touching him. And just as the trigger is pulled, give him a kick up the backside. And Jacques Rossi explains, uh, I asked surprised, why the kick? And the man answered, so the blood doesn't splash in your tunic. Can you imagine the amount of work your wife would have to clean uh, on your uniform every day if you didn't give the condemned man a kick before you shot him in the head. Then comes the bad part. Are you ready for the bad part? So he's at, at, at so now it's 1937. He's at a camp where Navalny died evidently last night, and the camps in Siberia legendarily didn't have fences because where are you going to run, right? I mean that's why it's hours flight from Moscow. So one day they're coming back from chopping trees in the forest <clears throat> and there's a frozen body of a guy who's upright. He's upright on his knees and he's frozen dead, stiff. The guards lift up his coat and there's cuts in his back and they kick him over and he's dead. And the, uh, the, the author, the Frenchman says, what's that deal? And he goes, oh, he's a cow. A cow is a word that exists in the Soviet gulag system because what would happen is real criminals, like organized criminals, when a new young guy was sentenced, you know, they were so starved that they, there was no hope of them making it out on foot, right? So when a new young guy would come come along, they would uh, they would groom him and say, you know, you're you're smart. You're you know, we have an escape plan. You want to be in on it? Okay, tell you what, <clears throat> we're putting together maps and stuff like that. Get all your stuff together, um, all your clothes. Go to bed with your clothes on, which they did anyway because it was not not heated. And because the guy was healthy, he was right off the train. And what, what they would do is they would walk out and fool the dogs. And no offense, he just keep walking. And then around 10 miles from the prison camp, they would slit the throat of the young guy. And, you know, there's only there's a handful of uh, organs on the human body that another human can eat without cooking. Can you list well, one of them, Greg? Uh, do I have to speculate? Yes. Without cooking? Without cooking. Because a fire is just going to attract the guards. 
You, you got to have your cow ready, and you got to know what you can eat without cooking. The kidneys. So they slit his throat, prop him down, cut his kidneys out, eat him, and then leave him there to freeze. And because he, he's dead anyway, and he freezes to death. That's why they found the cow like that. Um, so uh, seasoned, as he explains, uh, seasoned underworld criminals would select a young naive man who would be brought in on their escape plans. However, when the criminals run out of food, they would kill their charge, consuming the man's kidneys and blood. Fires would have given their location away, so they made use of the two parts of the man's body that could be eaten without cooking. So there you go. There, there's your Vladimir Putin insight uh, today. And and he grew up on stories like that, okay? I don't know what you were doing in 1989, but he was keeping this freedom-loving horde in Berlin, in East Berlin, out of the KGB archive. And that that is like his Audie Murphy, Iwo Jima moment. That and and that is what cemented in his mind uh, that the Soviet Union was a great, great tragedy. Its collapse was a great, great tragedy. Stupid East Germans can't have nice things, and it all worked out for him. Oh, sure, he grabbed the cab uh, for a little bit in Leningrad, but once he got that idiot Yeltsin out of the way, it all worked out for him. And he's one of the world's richest men, and uh, that whole deal. And then then this jumped up lawyer blogs about his. Uh, uh, his uh, Bill Gates uh, imitated uh, house in Sochi. And by the way, uh, Putin is aware of the house on Lake Washington, and he thinks it's really awesome. So his Sochi mansion is built into the ground. It's, it looks like five different houses. In, in the drone footage that Navalny shot, it makes that clear, right? There's like an evil Bond villain helicopter pad. Oh, yeah. There's a hockey rink. It's crazy. There's a helipad there. <clears throat> it's a tremendous view uh, overlooking the Black Sea. And again, it's all the Russian people's money, but it's uh, technically Vladimir Putin. And they've all seen the video. Billion. They've all, they all know. And, and that's the thing. They're sheep. It's a muscle memory in, in Russians. They feel like they they're, 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 there were certain Iraqis who felt like, well, we need a strong man. You know, we can't have nice things. There's, there is, a, there's actually a type of human being that really does believe that our natural state is not freedom, because you know what comes along with freedom: dirt, uh, drug addiction, and uh, grocery stores where you can't leave stuff out. You have to lock up the toothpaste and all thing. That, that, that's a human problem. That's a, a problem of our own making. And there's nothing in a North Korean grocery store that I'm ever going to admire. Um, why all those confusing types of cabbage? You know, really, that's not freedom. That's that's slave choice. Choice is slavery. I mean, really. Uh, all Coming right. up uh, next hour, Brian Yulia Navalny, the wife of Alexei Navalny, just spoke moments ago at the Munich Security Conference, which is quite amazing, given she just received the news a few hours ago of her husband's death. <clears throat> and and that and and also by the by the close of business, uh, his daughter, who's down in Palo Alto at Stanford, may speak uh, as well. But I mean, I've got to say, uh, they're the second and third least surprised people. I mean, that that was he prepped them for that. And when she was thirteen, she said. Uh, that that he said, you know, this doesn't end well for me. And I, but I want you to know that I wouldn't have it any any other way, and the whole thing. And and so yeah, it's amazingly selfless. Um, and, and I mean, I, getting back on that plane from Germany, knowing it's going to Moscow, I, I you know, I, I I I admire him telling Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes that well, I can't give the country back to Putin, but I I, I just. Um, 
I'm not going to question uh, this, but I, I, th I think he's the number one least surprised guy that he was killed. Uh, then, then, like I say, his uh, wife and daughter. And he, and he leaves behind his son, who's here in the U.S. Uh, as well. All right, well, uh, what have we learned this hour? You can eat a human's kidneys and drink his blood raw. And that um, when you aim at the king, you better hit. So there's uh, there's that. Uh, and the is the 10th break already up? Uh, it is up. I yeah. did a special 10th break. If you want to do a deeper dive into Novichuk and what motivates Putin and all that, you can do that. But not till 9. So I don't know why I put it up early, but it was uh, this morning, and uh, it, that 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 is up. And but we'll be back live here in just a few minutes. Um, and Fonnie Fonnie Willis wore her dress backwards. That's that's the best takeaway about yesterday. That and it comes from female reporters who were pointing out she she walked up there it, it packed into a pink dress and it was backwards. Uh, that and more stuff coming up. Brad, this and uh, a, the largest homeless camp is not the one in Olympia, it's the one in Bellingham. You haven't heard of it. Um, and back with that and more right after the same 770 KTTH.